Hi everyone, uh, welcome to Own Your Story. Today I have Caroline with me. So um, Caroline is a yoga instructor and founder of Zimba Yoga. And we met three years back in 2015 in Kota Kinabalu during a backpacking trip. So yeah, I haven't spoken to Caroline for three years until today and I'm super excited to dive into Caroline's story after the last time we met. So Caroline, let, let's start with the point when we met in Kota Kinabalu in 2015. I know that you are on a 10 months um, traveling and teaching yoga as well in Philippines. So what brought you onto this journey? Basically, I, hadn't, I didn't travel. I really hadn't traveled for a good maybe 17, 18 years by that time point. It's just mm -hmm. never left me. And so I felt like I needed to just have a complete change of scene, a change of environment. And so I was like, okay, what do I do? And I had, you know, I was working at that time point as a medical yeah. secretary or plastic surgeon. As I'm sure you know, if you spent all your life living in KL, you would <laughs> not know any different. So I was living in London or in England, and you know, it's, it's a certain way, it's a cool place, but. I was at that point where I just thought I need a change. And so I decided, yeah. okay, I'm going to go traveling. Where can I go? Explore myself and try and yeah. find that something, that elusive something that felt like it was missing from where you're sitting at a desk working all day. Right. So, yeah. so, so at the point when you went back to England, what's in your mind? And to, to like knowing that you're going to start a new life from scratch, What's in your mind? Um, Were you scared? Were you nervous? I think a lot of it was down to necessity. It wasn't mm -hmm. the plan. Like when I left England, you know, I had I'd left my um, apartment with somebody, a friend of mine was looking after it and it was all cool and everything was fine. But somehow in there, there was, you know, um, an eviction. <laughs> and I was like, okay, shit. Mm -hmm. So it meant that when I came back, my all my stuff was in storage. Um, I didn't have a job. I actually had like 30 pounds left <laughs> in my bank account when I came back to England. <laughs> and literally it was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, luckily I have my big brother here who's been a massive, massive help for me. Mm -hmm. inspiration. Um, he let me stay at his house with him and his um, partner and his little girl. And I was basically sharing a bed with a three-year-old who was still mm -hmm. potty training. So that was fun. <laughs> and um, that was kind of hard. And from having had my own space and my own place and, you know, yeah. who loves having people over to hang out and socialize, love mm -hmm. baking and they come over, you know, I'm the person who's always like feeding people, like eat, eat, eat. <laughs> so it was an experience to not have that. And it was hard because when I got back as well, literally, um, so I got back, I think I remember this, the 5th of September, I, I landed in England mm -hmm. and, I think my dad died like two weeks later or something. I'm not mm -hmm. understood. I don't. I'm not even sure of the date. That's how <laughs> it was. One of those like, excuse me, you know, you just don't expect it. And right. it was. I think it was hard for me because I couldn't travel to Africa to go to mm -hmm. his funeral. Like he was a little bit unwell, but I'd been unwell on and off for a while anyway. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, well, you know, I'm sure he'll be fine again. It's just in and out. But yeah, this time obviously he didn't make it. So that was not easy either. So I think part of it for me was that 
no, we haven't ha we haven't reconciled. We haven't made up, and I haven't had an opportunity mm. to, you know, mend this bridge that put a bridge there to mend this rift that we had. So that was really hard. Really hard to talk about stuff that when you start talking, you know that it's going to open a floodgate, and it just hurts mm -hmm. right in the throat, <laughs> and it hurts here in the heart, and it's like. How do you how do you start to say this is what I'm feeling? Mm. It was really hard. Right. Is is that the reason that you went to India after that? It was, yeah. I, I think um, one of the things was it's really important as a as a teacher to continuously be a student yourself, right? Because you're obviously inspiring and influencing other people. I think that was really important. And so going to India for me was about learning more, um, mm -hmm. growing, uh, but also I think I just, I just wanted to get away. It was as simple as that, I wanted to get away. Um, but I think it was probably one of the best things I've ever done. Uh, All right. 500 hours, um, they call it, which is basically, it was 10 hours a day, six days a week for 10 weeks, you know, mm -hmm. constantly just studying, yoga practice, meditation, yoga nidra, um, mm -hmm. uh, and then having to study and doing workshops as well. So we're really we're just learning some changes in how your body reacts, what's going on in your mind, and you know you think, oh, yeah. okay, that's changing, that's changing because the same posture, same right. sequence, and it changes every time. And I'd never actually done Ashtanga before, so for me that was a first. But I feel like it was really, uh, you know quite intense you right know, up at quarter to five every morning mm -hmm. and doing your kriyas i don't know if you know what kriya means it means to cleanse so yeah. you would basically have to like uh, uh have a shower brush your teeth but then you also you pour there's a thing called a neti pot it looks like a little mini teapot and you put salt water in you pour it through your nose one side the other side and you've got a little tube you put it into your nose you pull it out of your mouth so you're clearing everything and then um so we didn't, that was all like, you know, the sort of practical side of things, but right. the unexpected for me was with my, right. um, it really helped me to, uh, how can I say, to grieve my father's passing because mm -hmm. we did a lot of different types of meditation on the course and mm -hmm. I was able to, I guess, forgive because, you know, there's lots mm -hmm. of stuff that happened when I was growing up that right. I'm not saying he was a horrible person, he's just who he was. And mm -hmm. I also think that we are a um, result of our upbringing and then our parents' upbringing, our parents' parents' upbringing. You know, you kind of become this person based on what they've experienced. And so for me, uh, you know, there's certain things he did which I just think were so wrong. And what he did to my mom, and you know, there's a whole mm -hmm. host of stuff. And I'm not going to speak ill of the dead because there's no point in that, you know. Yeah. But I had to find a place to forgive him because one I was I was annoyed that he died before I had the opportunity to make up with <laughs> right. him and, you know, like and then on top of that it was the thing of forgiving him whatever he did in re relation to my life because mm -hmm. you know it was like okay if you don't forgive somebody it's like you taking the poison and expecting somebody mm -hmm. else to die and that's just not going to work but I had to sort of let go of the anger that I had and the feeling of like, well, why didn't you do this? And you should have done that. And this happened and that happened. And then it's like, well, I guess the other side of the point is 
if my life hadn't gone as it has done up to this point, mm. I would be a different person. And I'm still a work in progress. This I know. So I'm cool with yeah. that. <laughs> it taught me that you know you can find a place where you feel okay and everything goes fine. And, you know that empty feeling inside mm-hmm. isn't really empty. There's always something. You're there. That's you there. And yeah. you know, a lot of the time go through life thinking that something's missing. But we are the complete package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess forgiveness comes with love. <coughs> And acceptance, yeah. just being okay, like you know, just send love to another person, and then whatever thing it is there that is blocking us, because I always believe that when there's love, there's no war. Yeah, no, I, yes. t- I totally agree with you, and I I think that the opposite of love is fear. Mm. You know, and if you're coming from some from a place of fear, things don't work out. But if you come from a place of love. You know, I think things work. It's like um, um I give you a prime example. Like um, mm-hmm. when I was in three days, I I personally chose to do it three days of silence because All right. it felt like something that I needed to do. I was getting really frustrated and I was getting really irritated. My roommate was driving me nuts, and I was like, nah. <laughs> I just felt so angry. And I didn't know where it was coming from, and I remember right. going to a practice. Now. We normally start at six and we finish at, like I would finish at eight because you you know you go on your breath and the mm-hmm. speed of your so I turned up at like I think it was six thirty because I was just so tired and I felt really crappy and my my teacher mm-hmm. was like, Oh you're late Yeah. It's <clears throat> like, well, you only do like short short. So instead of doing like your full breath, you meant to do five breaths. So no, you just do one. I was like, hmm. I don't just want to do one. I want to do all of them. What do you mean? But I was just in a. I just felt so angry, and I started doing the practice, and I was doing this practice. Of, yeah. And the point where you put your hands on your hips and you kick one leg out in front of you, and so when you're kicking that leg out, your hip flexor from the diaphragm down into the hip. You have to hold that leg there. Really, not that easy. And I remember one teacher coming up and saying, "Hiya, hiya, Caroline, hiya." I remember going. Literally, I was so angry. So the F word was there. I was like, oh my God, this is not good. And we're just stopping for a minute and going, right, breathe. Mm-hmm. And I just started, I just had tears start coming down. I started feeling really teary. And then um, I grabbed my stuff and I went out of the room and I just sat down outside because I was just like, I can't deal with this. I don't even know what it is. And then my mm-hmm. teacher came. I said, Aaron, are you okay? And I was just like, I don't know. I just feel all right. I was just like, okay, go for a walk. Come back tomorrow. I'll come back later or whatever. So I went off for a walk and I just walked. Didn't do anything. You know, it was like, meh. And then I decided on that walk that I was going to do my three days of the sun. It's so funny. I haven't actually told anyone this story until now. And I just like, ah! I feel like I'm right back there. Oh my God, that was really intense. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that came up for me was that I was able to observe everyone and experience everything mm-hmm. but without putting stories on anything and putting meanings on anything it was just right. observing and you know when I've been talking about this sort of fear and the love factor I found that I had so much more compassion towards mm-hmm. my classmates and I was able to see I completely saw them in a whole new light like not the same people at all I was just observing them and seeing and it was far easier to see where they were coming from what mm-hmm. challenges they had without me talking all the time it was right. a really great experience of like, ah, oh, okay. 
it's just this is compassion this is love this is no expectation of anything me not putting mm. uh, my judgment on anything me not observing me not saying oh that's really cool or, oh you're amazing it's just watching and the only way i could express how mm. i felt was eyes so it was a very different thing and it was really really lovely and even during the three days of silence i um i had the thing where three kids decided they were going to throw some water bombs at me silence is so important because I shared with you I, I just came back from silent meditation it's like oh, in that silence is the there's so much more in that like we, we can see things much more clearly we can find love like we can feel love more clearly as yeah. well how does this experience in India affect your teaching after that when after you go back to London um I would say that it may well, and you may even your life, not just teaching, like everything. To you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess it's made me mm -hmm. aware of myself. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the other thing to remember is that we're not that important, really. Yeah. Yeah. Are, <laughs> exactly. You know, we are and we're not. So it's like a big old contradiction. I think on one side, we're not that important. Mm -hmm. um, so we really have to be humble but on the other side we have to remember that you know this world would be very different place without each of us in it you know and I was recently been saying to my students that imagine all those smiles that you've shared with other people imagine all the love you've shared with others and imagine all the smiles you've allowed others to share with you and all the love you've allowed others to share with you it's something that um, you know you have to remember that somewhere along the way you you do inspire some people you do influence some people somewhere so you have to remember that but at the same time remember that you know we aren't that important we just you know we're a little speck we're here um for me it's taught me a lot about humility that but it helped me to be a lot more professional in terms of my teaching and what i have to offer and help me to realize that you know i do have a lot to offer um what i do is important and it's not about the money it's a, or anything like that. It's about helping people to help mm. themselves, helping people to realize that they are more powerful than they think they are, you know, because when you're growing up, you know, when you're born, we're these, you know, perfect little beings. We do whatever we want to do. We, yeah. you know, we just, we sleep, eat, poop, but you know we're not afraid to do anything. You know, little kids—they just walk up to yeah. you. Yeah. You know, they chat away to you. They don't care. They don't mind. But In innocence. Exactly the innocence, and somewhere along, as adults, we our responsibility is to nurture that love and nurture that innocence that they have, that self-love they have for themselves. But unfortunately, 
there are a few of us humans out there who are far too greedy who just don't realize the responsibility that we have for these little beings you know um, mm-hmm. i don't have kids yet, but i hope when i do that i remember this this <laughs> this thought of my own <laughs> um but i do feel that um mm-hmm. we are told no so much we're told no 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 you can't do that don't do that no you're not okay. you know don't do no 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 and all of that manifests in our body as stiffness mm-hmm. and you know fear yeah like when i try and get people to their heads down they're like, oh i can't do that and i'm like yes you can you really can mm-hmm. and i say it's not about the headstand about what's going on in your head right after during and that feeling of oh yes i'm capable and yes i can do stuff and you know even for me it's a struggle where i'm trying to learn that mm-hmm. yes i can i am capable and there's certain things that i've done when i look back and think how the hell did i do that <laughs> that i did that. oh my god that's amazing you know and then other times i'm sitting there going i don't know what to do i'm really confused i guess um the thing that um, yoga has done or my course mm-hmm. is that um life happens stuff happens right it's how you deal with it that um yoga teaches you you know right a way to deal with it whether mm-hmm. you get up you're going to be mad you're going to be angry go go out and like mm. bust, bust someone up or actually you're going to just say you know what let it go and it's not saying okay turn the other cheek it's not about <laughs> that because also self-respect means if mm-hmm. someone is disrespecting you you tell them no i don't like the way you're treating me you know mm-hmm. because i would say you we teach people how to treat us mm-hmm. you know, if something doesn't feel right then you say so i think that's really yeah important. it's it's yeah. being authentic as well being who we are exactly. our real self yeah yeah and as long as you do yeah. that you know you'll know that, that feels right or that feels mm-hmm. wrong or you know if someone's getting beaten up and you feel like actually i want to go in and protect them yes i'll do that or if it's as simple as mm, don't like marmites okay right <laughs> so from your experience teaching what do you yeah. see is the most common like block of fear in your students like what's stopping them from being themselves um, in, the, in the adults world that's an interesting one i would say i would go back to fear fear is what's stopping most people but the question is what are they afraid of everyone has different things that make them scared and for some people it's not being able to pay your bills for some people it's fear of like what will my parents say what will my friends say if i do this and you know i'm trying to think of some examples of scenarios where i've had I've had one student say to me, oh, Caroline, you know what? I'm so grateful that you've kind of, um, you know, mm-hmm. helped me to sort of like myself, you know, something I was always scared of this and the other. And um, I was always like tired at work and I never wanted to say no. And I always used to just like do all the hours and be, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, you have to look after yourself. Like it's all well and good. You trying to really please your bosses. But at the end of the day, if you get sick, you're so tired you can't do your job what we have to do is replace you you're interchangeable pull one out put one in you know like lego mm-hmm. so it's yeah. about saying no i can be the best little lego that i can mm-hmm. be but for myself as well so yeah do your work because you know they don't own your life yes it's your job but they do not own your life so you have to put your foot down at some point you have to take care of yourself at some point 
but then there's also the other fear of sometimes people don't realize they're even scared you know i've got students who are afraid of doing headstands mm-hmm. or just being upside down or you know doing stuff on their arms and that feeling of like when i say when it comes to the arms i would say look this is these are your hands whatever mm-hmm. you are full of you know you've got so much power in these hands and if you're for example afraid to kind of put your body weight onto your mm-hmm. hands you're afraid to hold yourself up but Yes, you can. You are strong enough to hold yourself up. And I have a lot of um, people who just don't like that feeling of being upside down because it's changing things and, you know, right. people get comfortable, they get complacent and they're, they're like, oh, well, this is what I know. So, you know, so I'm mm-hmm. so like for you, for example, when you were like saying, oh man, you know, I've got my business, I'm doing this and the other, but I'm not happy. And then it's like, okay. And then probably part of the fear for you is the fact that if I get rid of my business, what am I going to do then? Where, you know, yeah. what, what should I do now? Because you have that familiarity of something and then all of a sudden it's not there and you think, oh, the view, that was like you doing a headstand or a handstand because you're completely mm. turning your board upside down. Yeah. And there's nothing there and you're like, what do I do? Oh my God. But sometimes that's when you need to shake up the things that are like mm. the most scary thing to do. Maybe it will be one of the most best experiences in your life. And, you know, mm-hmm. for you, you can actually go back and say, yes, at the time, that was my low. Didn't enjoy it. Blah blah blah. But now you can go out there and inspire people and say, yes, you know what? You can you hit rock bottom, but damn it, you can get right back out, man. And there's nowhere else to go. When you hit rock bottom, where else can you go but up? Yeah, correct. That is the beauty of rock bottom. Yeah, so but what how do we let people see that? Say through yoga and meditation, what's what's the process that go through in the students? in order for them to change, to change the perception, to flip over fear? I think um, a lot of people have different ways of getting into it. Some people come to yoga because they've had an injury. And so they're like, oh, I need to like get over this and this hurts or that hurts. You know, I remember some classes I've been to, I'm like, okay, hi guys. How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? I've got a short shoulder. Oh, my hips sore. Oh, and I'm like, half the class is just full of injuries. What am I supposed to do with that? You know, and um, I've even had a girl come in who's like got one leg and she's got a prosthetic limb. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, I don't know what I'm going to do here. But um, there are always ways of getting around it. And the way I've done it and I've learned to do it is that instead of trying to teach a specific routine because that just doesn't work for me, I've tried it. And early on, I realized right. the key actually to teach the student. So I don't teach yoga. I teach yoga, but I don't teach yoga because what I do is I teach the student. Whoever is in front of me on that. That's a beautiful day, way to put it. You teach the student. Exactly. And every student needs something yeah. different. You know, I've got, mm-hmm. um, you know, I will ask at the beginning of class, what are your energy, energy levels? Out of 10, whereabouts are you at? Okay, I'm saying, like, do you want more energy then? Yeah, yeah. Or are you just feeling like, actually, I want to be a bit more chill today? Or, you know, it depends on what they need. So mm-hmm. the sequence starts forming around them. And I don't always know what it's going to be. And it's like, there are certain things that I always do, you know, everyone knows what sun salutation is. Everyone knows yeah. what a downward dog is and, mm-hmm. you know, a twist, twist there. So there's always going to be a balance, a twist, forward, mm-hmm. forward, back, end of some sort. But it's how yeah. it comes together, what they need, that 
the key so it's like okay wait they need more hippie stuff today so working right. with it or actually the back or someone said to me oh but i really saw neck back here so i'm like okay great we're going to do this twist and we're going to do that i just realized i've got 15 percent battery left on my phone <laughs> and, um, i may have to um uh, plug it in so i'll just finish this and um right. so in terms of the meditation as well some people are a lot more receptive to meditation than others like mm -hmm. you know, maybe we'll try and arm and it'll be like okay we just want to neutralize everything and kind of bring you back to zero because it's i would say uh om is the universal sound of life and when you chant it you feel these vibrations all the way through mm -hmm. your body you experience that and um so um it will literally be different i have never taught two classes the same mm -hmm. every single class turns up different and Sometimes stuff happens, you're like, wow, I did not expect that. So, you know, really, I tailor it around the students. It might be we'll start with some meditation, or we'll start with some pranayam, some breathing, mm -hmm. control, or it might be we'll go straight into the postures and then we'll, you know, we'll weave it around. Maybe I'll drop pranayam into the middle of a card somewhere. And um, the key thing is people to feel good when they leave. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. I want smiles. And I know I've done a good job when. I, you know, I finish and I say blah, 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 and I'll, you know, say whatever I say, and I'll say namaste, and I'll sit, and I'll just see what happens, and some people just don't move, they're just like, completely like, zoned out, <laughs> out, they're like, wow, I just feel like, and I thought, great, and they've had a good practice, and it's not about me, it's about how deep they've gone, because you, when you get out of your yoga practice, what you put in, because it doesn't affect me, I say to them, look, I don't care if you do any of the postures or not do none it doesn't bother me it's not down to me everything that you do will benefit you it will benefit you and maybe all those people around you close by because you'll be in a much better mood you'll be happier lighter stronger fitter mm -hmm. you know a cool person and that's that i think for me is a key thing it's really important so yeah all right how about yourself like how do you yourself deal with fear <laughs> How do I deal with fear? Um, yeah. Procrastination, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and then like, oh, and I go off and speak to people like, I don't know what I'm doing. And generally it just takes me talking about it with somebody that I trust to be able mm -hmm. to then, okay, look, you know, you can do this, this and this. Um, and then it's like, okay. Because again, we always want approval. And I think that's something mm -hmm. that I've learned of myself that I need approval or asking for permission but actually I don't need permission I don't need approval but I think what I need is to be able to talk things through once I've talked it out generally I know the answer I'm like oh okay great I know what I need to do right. um, but yeah there's things I've done where I've just you know been scared and you kind of just you do it anyway and be like okay but I've learned to be calmer myself I've learned to not freak out as much as I would have done in the past and I don't feel like I have a feeling of um, when your heart rate, you know, sometimes your heart goes through and it kicks up and you're like, but then I, I stay, my face is calm and I'm still okay. And it's like, well, you just keep going. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do, do you have any routine or habits to always remind yourself about self-love? Um, I've got on my mirror, I'm looking at it now. It's just a little thing that says, um, I love myself unconditionally. Uh, God loves me as I am. I'm perfect mm -hmm. with all my thoughts. And then it's a list of things where I just say, I am, I am happy, I'm whole, I am 
joyful, blah, 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 blah. there's a whole list of them. And then also I have some books from Louis, um, like little cards from Louis, Louise L. Hay, and it's just like little cute cards. I pull one out every day. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's just trying to remind myself and being mindful of my thoughts. If something's starting to go fear down the road of negativity, then I have to be like, no, bring myself back. Because yeah, it's like you, the only way to fill up negative thoughts is by thinking positive thoughts or really overshadowing <laughs> them. You know, like you said with your meditation, the silence. Um, yeah. Or you became bigger than your fear. And that's what yeah. you have to do. Uh, change that up. And I also, I'm, I'm really a big believer in like the... Louise, uh, no, what's it? Esther Hicks. Um, and oh, a bit sort of kooky and, but I really believe in that. You know, our feelings, the way you feel, kind of dictates how you. Yeah. What happens? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Esther Hicks as well. Abraham. <laughs> I, I um, used to listen to her video every morning. Yeah, no, it's amazing, isn't it? And the yeah, thing is, yeah, yeah, it's such a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Completely, completely. So with the 17 second rule, it's like, okay, uh, you have 17 seconds for a thought, thought to form. So if you're starting to feel, think negative thoughts, stop yourself and just think positive for 17 seconds. Right. It kind of overshadows anything else that you were trying to think because otherwise you can end up going down the road of, oh, woe is me, my life is horrible, everything's hard and this is bad. <laughs> no, stop. Breathe. And you can tell when you're not thinking good thoughts because you start feeling it in your body as well. Mm-hmm. You know, your brain yeah. changes. Correct. Changes. Correct. The physiology. Yeah, it affects you. You know how we um, feel. Like recently, somebody put a posted a uh, video on my on my Facebook that was about uh, they did some scientific evidence, uh, which was around the thoughts and how they help you to heal. And it was quite interesting, like a lot of doctors, you know, done their research and patients that were really in a good mood and happy and positive that generally tended to um, recover much quicker from their injury, from their whatever illness it was. Mm-hmm. And obviously some don't because that's just how it happens. But generally, if you're positive and you're, you know, forward thinking, then you know, you're going to have a good, you know, better outcome than if you're focusing on the negative. You get what you look for, basically. Yeah, is is there like one book that you would recommend to everybody that you know? One book that I'd recommend, man, that's yeah. a tough one. Narrow it down. <laughs> a few that I feel like have been really pivotal in my life. The first one I ever read was the Celestine Prophecy, which mm-hmm. I thought prophecy. Celestine. Celestine prophecies. Oh, I can say we can give put the links down below right. or whatever. Um, but basically, it talks about there's no such thing as coincidence. Mm. You know, everything kind of leads you, and you kind of what you need appears when you need it. Basically, that was the. Oh. <laughs> and it's written in like a story of like you know adventure. He's off searching for something, but it was really interesting. That one was pivotal. It kind of started me on my sort of journey of um, spiritual spirituality. Mm. Um, okay. Also, uh, what was the other one? Deepak Chopra's. Uh, Oh, what's the one? Something about the night. It was Deepak Chopra sort of driving me nuts. I can't remember what it is now. No, I don't remember. That was a really small book. Uh, I have to right. remember that one. But the other one as well, Conversations with God. I was see. Really, um, just because it was kind of like a modern day Bible, and there's mm-hmm. stuff in there that's really interesting. Because you know, if you think, why is there so much bad things happening in this world? Blah blah. blah. You know, and it was just, yeah, those, I think, have been quite 
big for me, but there have been others. Um, yeah, but the, that one, I think, Celestine Prophecy, Conversations with God. And yeah. I can't remember the one, but I did back trouble as well. <laughs> what is it? Um, it was about, uh, it gives you like, it's like steps of things that you can do to kind of just self-growth and different exercises mm-hmm. um, and part of it was also just learning about forgiveness of self I, you know, see. I was younger so the way I found um, that book is a lady I met on a train I was traveling to somewhere right. I don't know where, and we just started chatting on the phone on, on the train and she suggested this book and I was like oh and then I got the book and I read it and so you know again it wasn't a coincidence that I met her on that particular day she was sat in that right. particular seat me on the train and I was on that train at that particular time and that was a book she recommended. Right, I had similar experience. When I was in Vietnam in a shop, in yeah. a noodle shop having noodle, I came across someone who recommended me the book called The Alchemist. Oh, I've read that one as well. Yeah, one. and it was exactly the book I need to read at that time. And that person in that noodle shop brought it to me. It was amazing. Right. Like, you just can't explain it. And that event really makes me believe that it's like everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with that. All right, then we'll come to our last questions. Okay. All right, let's say today will be the last day of your life on this earth. You're going like to another planet tomorrow. Let's say today is the last day. What are the three truths that you will leave behind to everyone in this world? Um, I don't know. I guess it would be live life, love life, love and live well. Live life, love life, life love life, and and live well. Yeah. That's I don't know. Is that, does that count as one or two or three? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with one. So what I normally say at the end of my classes to my students is, mm-hmm. be kind to yourself. It's far easier to be kind to others than you're kind to yourself. To yourself. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So be kind to yourself. It's far easier to be kind to others if you're kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, because then there's you're not operating from a place of lack because you have plenty. Yeah, of abundance. And um, then I say, um, smile often because mm-hmm. smiling everything feel okay and also yeah. it sends lovely hormones to your body to tell you to feel good as well. mm-hmm. and um, then I say hydrate because <laughs> it will no doubt look after you right <laughs> so yeah I think that's oh, right. very practical <laughs> the last I'm one very practical, practical. yeah <laughs> yeah I guess yeah. I to wrap it all up is live life love life and live well Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. And so what's next for you? Um, what's next? Uh, I really want to do some um, mm-hmm. like teacher training, like mm-hmm. teaching other teachers, because I still come across right. some things that I feel like actually, mm-hmm. you know, I've got some stuff I can share with them. Um, I want to do some more traveling, and I'd love to go mm-hmm. and travel um, and teach internationally as well. So I need right. to like, approach different studios and stuff and mm-hmm. actually approach them. So if you know any good yoga studio, <laughs> AL, um, I'll come yeah. over and like teach for a week or something. It'd be really good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from that, I guess planning my my fortieth birthday party because yeah, oh. you're only forty once, right? <laughs> right. 
um yeah those i think are the key things and all right just to keep remembering to celebrate life yeah exactly yeah all right all right i think that's the end of our podcast thank you so much i feel so blessed to talk to you after three years and yeah thank you so much for having me and it's actually been really lovely because it's given me the opportunity to uh, review what's happened in the last three years and right. actually realize I'm not doing as bad as I thought I was. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's so easy. Like Sometimes it's easy to beat ourselves up in this moment where we think like, mm, like it's, it's not as good as we think it should be. But when we look back at the past three years, like we have come through a long, long way to be, to like, to be where we are today. Exactly. And we should love ourselves for that and be thankful for what we have. <laughs> All right. So. No problem. I wish you I wish you the best in all your future adventures and have a good day today. <laughs> <laughs>